0: And what is going on, everybody? My name is Aaron Arroyan, and welcome back to the AKN Sports Podcast on this Saturday, uh, June 11th, 2022. uh, Man, was that not a pretty game last night. It started off pretty, started off pretty nice, but once again... A second half collapse and an inability to finish off a game. Caught up with the Celtics yet again. And, uh, gave them another tough loss. Another tough one, man. So in case you missed it, in case you didn't watch, I don't know what the fuck you would be doing on a Friday night not watching that, but the Celtics lost uh, to the Golden State Warriors 107-97 in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Series is now tied at two games apiece, and... Even though prediction-wise, I think most realistic NBA fans, and even Celtics fans, had a feeling that the Celtics were going to take at least one of these two games, it's not the most disappointing game, right? In all reality, looking at it from a, from a you know, kind of from an outside perspective, you knew the Warriors were going to come out and play their strongest basketball. I mean, you were expecting it. And by the Warriors, I should really be saying Steph Curry, because Steph Curry is doing things that you will never see again. I mean, like, he leaves you speechless every fucking game. In this case, he was ridiculous. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Steph Curry was the primary reason the Celtics lost. No! Absolutely not. Steph Curry did what he had to do. Steph Curry had to play on a whole other level of, of insanity. But on top of Steph Curry's performance, you once again had a turnover problem. Now, the first quarter was just like how every first quarter of this series is gone in the Celtics' way. So, unlike, you know, the previous series against Miami, Milwaukee, the Celtics have been the better team to open up. Alright, in every game, all four, they have been the better team. They have had at least close to a double-digit lead at some point in the first half, first quarter. And the third quarter collapse was... Not really much of a collapse, because this game was entirely pretty equal. Neither team shot great from downtown. And in games like that, when you're playing equal, right? I mean, if you watch this game, it was very equal. Both teams were not playing great from downtown. Both teams missed a lot of open shots. Both teams were pretty equal in turnovers. It was an equal game. The Celtics' largest lead of the game was just eight points. And then it was back and forth. And then the Warriors were up by one. I mean, this is how the quarters went. You outscored the Warriors by just one in the first quarter. You outscored them by four in the second. The Warriors outscored you by six in the third. Now, the thing that really curled you was what happened in the fourth quarter. What happened in the fourth quarter? You got outscored 28-19 in the fourth quarter. I personally look at it like this. Jason Tatum was terrible in this game. I know the score sheet shows that he had 23, but you had 23 on 8 of 23 shooting, 50% from 3. That is not good enough to successfully stay consistent and step up in the fourth quarter. The last few minutes, the Celtics only had 3 points. 3 points. That's embarrassing. In the last 5 minutes of the game, the only field goal in points they scored was the corner 3 from Horford when the game was pretty much already over. So on top of Steph Curry hitting ridiculous 3's in this game, more so in the 4th quarter, you guys couldn't respond. And what is the deal? This was what the Celtics were doing earlier in the year. When you're down by just 1 point, it was 94-93. to 93. Why are you chucking up threes? Or when you're down by three, instead of driving to the basket, take an easy layup, draw a foul, we just got to kick out, kick out, all right, chuck up a three with two in the shot clock. That is terrible basketball. You're in the NBA Finals. You are trying to close out what could be a significant game for you guys. You guys are just down by one. It was not like you guys were down 15. It's not like you guys were having to climb from behind. No, it was an equal game. Both teams did not play well in this game. But in the Warriors' favor, they had someone step it up. Who stepped up for the Celtics last night? Nobody did. Nobody played a great game. Nobody stepped it up. Somebody had to step it up. And Tatum wasn't the guy. And I thought Tatum has been and was a complete liability in this game. The man, 8 of 23. How many times did we see him drive to the basket and just lose track of the ball? How many times did we see him drive to the basket and miss somewhat contested layups that a superstar top-tier scorer should be able to do with ease against a team that shouldn't be doing this defensively on you? You don't have Jimmy Butler guarding you. You don't have Giannis Antetokounmpo guarding you. You don't have Kevin Durant guarding you. Who's guarding you? Andrew Wiggins? Again, no disrespect, but I mean, wh- nobody stepped it up. It was bad. The fourth quarter was terrible. You did not get enough out of Tatum, and you didn't stay consistent. And the turnovers killed you yet again. Tatum, 23. Smart was had 18. Didn't I mean <sighs> smart was OK. I mean, the man shot seven for 18. 7 of 18 from the field on 3 for 9 from 3. Jalen Brown looked okay. I mean, I've said it countless times, and many analysts have said it countless times. Jalen Brown has probably been the most consistent player for the Celtics in this playoff run. Jalen Brown had 21. 9 of 19 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3. Derek White actually played pretty decent. I mean, Derek White did nothing scoring-wise in Game 3. Didn't need to. 16, 4 for 12 from the field, though. I mean, he did shoot 3 for 5 from 3, I'll give him that. And then everybody else did nothing from the bench. Grant had just three points. Pritchard had one from a free throw. And that's it. So, but that's not really the fault in this case. The the primary reason was your turnovers completely caught up with you. Entirely. And your inability to finish and have somebody step it up for you. Now, I said countless times prior to this game, no team is going to beat the Celtics if one guy does it all. And maybe I might eat my words in this case because Steph Curry is on a whole different planet. Steph Curry, based off what I'm seeing, is on a whole nother planet and a whole nother tier of greatness compared to Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler. As great as those guys are, unbelievable. He was out of his mind in that game. 43 points, 7 of 14 from 3. I mean, that's the only guy I'm looking at saying he played good. I don't think anybody else in the Warriors played that good. I don't. Andrew, the second best scorer was Clay. And listen, Clay went quiet in the fourth quarter. He actually, no, I take it back. He did hit a couple of threes. He had 18. He was 7 for 17 from the field. He did shoot 40% from three. Wiggins, 17, but he shot 7 for 17. Two for six from three. And then your, your other best scorer was Jordan Poole, who did nothing in game three. I mean, you expected a better game from him. 14 from pool off the bench. 6 of 13 from the field. 2 for 7. I mean, it was not a great day. It's not like you guys just got flat out beaten in the field goal percentage. You had the turnover differential. I mean, what else do I say? And then field goal percentage-wise, it was so similar. You shot 40%. They shot 44% from the field. You shot 39%. You actually shot better from 3 Than the Warriors, which is even crazier. The the Celtics shot 15 of 38 from 3. Warriors shot 15 of 43. You shot 39% compared to 34%. Another thing that hurt them was free throws. There were countless opportunities when they did drive to the basket and free throws became a little bit of a problem. Celtics shot 73% from the line. 73%. Not much of a problem we have been complaining about recently. And 15 turnovers. I mean, you you are not going to win a game with 15 turnovers. I mean, this is the same thing, right? And again, we are once again in the situation where their backs are turned against the wall. So now we expect them to win game 5 and then can you close it out in game five? can you close it out in game 6? I mean, you know, I understand the Celtics play great in situations where their backs are pushed against the wall. And I think that same issue of staying consistent played a role in their ability to take command of the series. I mean, you win last night, the series is over. And instead, the same issues that kept dealing with you guys of the turnovers and the inability to finish properly caught up with you. 15 turnovers. But at the same time, Golden State had 16 turnovers. So, I mean, what's going on here? You guys shot better from three. You guys had one less turnover than they did. Statistically speaking, you're just looking at guys like Tatum. And statistically, you look at the scoreboard and you're like, it's just Steph doing what he did. But if you watch that fourth quarter, you would understand. The last few minutes of that fourth quarter were absolutely embarrassing. You're down by three. You're down by, you're down by one for a few minutes of that opportunity. You're down by three. Let's just move the ball around. Let's, play, let's spread wide offensively. And let's just chuck up a bunch of threes. Stupid. Stupid. Now, I don't think this is a loss where you can say they're in trouble. Absolutely not. We've had plenty of losses like that. This series is tied at two games apiece. This has been a very even series. I think the Celtics have been the better team. I think wide scoring marginable-wise, the Celtics have been the better team. I think they're a better defensive team. I think the consistency problem is, is, is what would easily kill them. That's what would kill them if they were to lose a series. Consistency. But now, you have to go back on the road, and this Game 5 is huge. I mean, you guys know when the series is tied at two games apiece, that Game 5 is very important. You know how important that Game 5 is. If you didn't win that Game 5 against Miami, you guys were done. I mean, you remember Game 5 against Milwaukee, too? Putting you guys in a hard spot. I was shocked that they were able to overcome themselves in that case. So, yet again, you're in a situation where your back's are against the wall. Now you're on the road in Game 5. And that crowd's going to be buzzing. Buzzing in San Francisco. I don't think it will make a difference. Once again, 8-0, facing a loss. Now the Warriors are also undefeated, overcoming a loss. Think about that. Shows how equal that they are in terms of adversity. Just shows you. So, I mean, I just look at Tatum's performance in that game. I thought his inability to step it up in the later portion of this game I still think shot choice is a big problem for Tatum. I mean, we have seen Tatum play out of his mind. I will never forget game six, game six against the Bucks. That game was absolutely incredible. A must win on the road to force a game seven when he dropped 46 and was just was not missing. That Jason Tatum, to me, since then, has been a little bit, a little bit gone. The Jason Tatum we've been witnessing the last few games, I would say, is one that, has been incredibly inconsistent on his, on his ability to efficiently f- finish in the paint and take smart shots. If you're not feeling it from behind the arc, don't take it. And, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're driving in the paint in front of three, four different guys and you can't finish? I mean, Game 3, If like my, my, my big thing was this, right? In Game 4, they were still as aggressive driving in the paint. But in Game 4, in, in Game 3, excuse me, they were driving and they were finishing almost every time. I mean, I, was, I watched the entire game, and I saw guys like Derek White fighting hard in the paint and finishing so easily, smart, taking those little hook shots in the paint, drilling them every time. They were just hitting those shots in the paint. And Golden State was cold in the, from downtown, and nobody was able to step it up for them. That was Golden State's issue in Game 3. In Game 4, the Celtics kind of started off a little hot. Driving to the basket, things looked good again, and then the Warriors were hitting those shots again. It was kind of a back-and-forth game. Really sloppy on both sides. Both teams missing open threes. And then it came down to who was going to step up in the net in the last five minutes. And it was all Steph Curry. And even Klay Thompson. At one point, he scored eight straight points for the Warriors. So, you need that guy to step it up. But I'm not worried that they can't do that. Now they have to go back on the road on Monday night with their backs against the wall yet again. Facing a loss. And we've seen this story eight times already. We've seen it eight times already. So nonetheless, still a very tough loss. An important game at home. Blown away because of an inability to finish and have a superstar or talented scorer step it up when needed to. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was not going to sit here and say, Steph Curry is God. Steph Curry. I mean, listen, I get it. But look at what you guys did. Look at how tight this game was. Look at how... You know many opportunities you had to take command of this game. Just saying, so tough loss there for the Celtics. Game five is on Monday night in San Francisco. Let's go, baby. Do I say I'm not worried? I'm, I'm not worried. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to feed on my 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 inner Celtic green, if you want to call it that. It's risen up. In this playoff run, trust me, if you started listening to this podcast in January, it, w- it was not there. It was not there, period. So, uh, tough loss there last night. However, um, it wasn't a bad day for the Red Sox. It was not a bad day for the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox did win last night over the Seattle Mariners 4-3. So, if you want to have a little bit of a silver lining at the end of the tunnel, the Celtics... May have lost the game in the NBA Finals at home, but the Red Sox won a pointless regular season game in Seattle at 10-10 Eastern Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they ended up winning 4-3. Uh, to three. Um, Started off in the first with Bogart hitting a double to right. Devers scored, put the Sox up one nothing, And then how about J.D. hitting a 422-foot bomb to put the Sox up 2-0. But then Winker two to, hit a two-run homer. To tie it at two. And then, how about Bobby Dahlbeck hitting a one run homer? Remember Bobby Dahlbeck, the man that was absolutely garbage throughout the month of May and most of April? Bobby D hitting a 374 foot bomb, put the Sox up three to two. And then JD grounded into a double play in which Rob Refsnyder scored, and the Sox were up four to two. And then the eighth rally single to center, which Toro scored and cut it four to three, and that was it. So. JD and Bobby Dalbec hitting some homers in that game. Uh, hitting was okay. Um, Rob Ref Snyder was one for three with a run. I think he was temporary. I'm not sure why they even called him up. So Rob Ref Snyder, one for three with a run. Devers was one for four with a run. Um, JD was one for four with a run and an RBI. Bolgarts was one for four. Trevor Story, O oh for three. He, he's quiet He He's gone quiet a little bit. Franchi Cordero, 0 oh for 2. Uh, Vasquez was 0 oh for 4. Jackie Bradley Jr. was 0 for 4. Bobby D, though, 2 for 4 with a run and an RBI. So, solid day for Dahlbeck. Pitching wise, it wasn't bad either. I mean, Rich Hill pitched just a little over four innings. On 89 pitches, he coughed up five hits, six strikeouts, two runs, and a 4.3 ERA. And then John Schreiber came in for a bit, 21 pitches, coughed up a hit and a strikeout with uh, a 1.04 ERA. Then Jake Diekman came in for an inning. On 17 pitches, had one strikeout and a 3.4 ERA. Hansel Robles came in for an inning, with a strikeout on 12 pitches in a 2.37 ERA. Then Matt Strom came in for an inning uh, on 25 uh, pitches, coughed up three hits, a run, and a strikeout with a 4.08 ERA. And then Tanner Houck closed it on 22 pitches with one hit, two strikeouts, and a 3.4 ERA. So Tanner Houck uh, pretty much saved your ass in this game. Tanner Houck saved your ass in this game. And the injuries are starting to pile up for the Sox because Kike is still on the 10-day injured list. And I believe they put Garrett Whitlock on the injured list as well. So uh, that's why, you know, you're getting a bunch of fielders coming in and out of the lineup. around Ref Snyder, Jaron Duran. So still a great win for the Sox, 4-3. Now, once again, three games above five hundred, And, of course, they're back at it tonight in Seattle, once again at 10-10. Um, it's going to be Michael Walkup versus George Kirby. George Kirby. Uh, Kirby is 1-1 one one this season with a 3.38 ERA in 32 innings. He has coughed up 32 hits on 31 strikeouts and 5 home runs, so decent. I mean, I believe this is George Kirby's first year in the league, so should be fine. Uh, Sox's lineup for tonight, we got Trevor Story on second, Devers on third, JD's the DH, Bogart's at shortstop, Verdugo at left, Vasquez is the catcher, Franchi Cordero at right. Uh, Bobby D on first, and Jackie at center, so, should be, should be a good one tonight, should be uh, another, I think, I mean, it should be a win for the Sox tonight, I mean, this is to win the series, so, Michael Waka versus George Kirby, 10-10 tonight, who the fuck's gonna be watching that, I don't even know. Um, There is a big game tonight, of course. We have Game 6 of the Tampa Bay Lightning in the New York Rangers series. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have an opportunity to advance to their third straight Stanley Cup final tonight. Um, And it's in Tampa Bay, so my confidence for the New York Rangers has gone down significantly. Um, But once again, this is the article that was written. Jesus Christ, I did not want to click on that. The Tampa Bay Lightning know what type of effort it will to take finish off the New York Rangers. The two-time defending champions are just one win away from their third third straight trip to the Stanley Cup Final where they would continue their bid to become the first team in 40 years to win three straight Cups. The Rangers, of course, down three games to two to the Lightning in the East Final, have been especially resilient this postseason. In addition to overcoming a 3-2, actually technically a 3-1 playoff series deficit to eliminate the Penguins in the first round, the Rangers rebounded from losing their first two games in Carolina in the second. So once, I mean, at the same time, like, you know, we're praising the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, you know, a ruthless team, but we're also distracting the fact that the Rangers have come back down pretty big in the series twice already. I mean, they were down three games to one against the Penguins, And they were down three games to two against the Canes. Now the difference was, you didn't lead two games to... You didn't didn't cough up three straight losses. So that's the big difference right there. Um, Game six of the East Final is tonight. Lightning won three and four at home. Uh, So who do I think is going to win tonight? I think... The Tampa Bay Lightning will advance to their third straight Stanley Cup Final. I think they've been ruthless. I think they found their rhythm. I think Vaz is playing better. And I think they've been able to adjust without Braden Point. Because I don't know when Braden Point's coming back. And, I, and I've, I think I've said this countless times. If Braden Point were playing in the series, I mean, it would be done. for the, uh, Lightning would already be in the Cup Final right now. So that is my prediction. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning will end it tonight and go to their third straight Cup Final. If it was reversed and Tampa was going to New York tonight, I'd say no way. Jose, I'd say Game 7. But in Tampa, not a chance I do think if the Rangers win tonight, the Rangers will go to the Stanley Cup final. That's how important this game six is. But I think the Tampa Bay Lightning will end it tonight. That is my prediction. Just a prediction. Um, and I think that is all I've got. Nothing really happened around the NFL today. Nothing. All I saw was a, uh, defensive tackle from the Lions named John Penicini announced his retirement after, uh, Two seasons in the league. It's a sixth-round pick in 2020. The man announces retirement now? Damn, it's tough. Anyway, guys, tough loss for the Celtics, but the Red Sox can get the series win over the Mariners tonight. Go Sox tonight. Should be a big one for the Lightning Rangers game. Definitely going to be watching some of that. I'm Arn Peace out. Go Sox.